Hey friend, welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast, where we are all about taking inspired action towards showing up as the most confident and authentic version of ourselves. My name is Jess Bergio, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to sharing the behind the scenes of how others created a life and business of their dreams. Each week, you can count on multiple episodes, bringing you an inside look at how you too can create the life and business of your dreams. Life and business isn't meant to be done alone. Join the Beauty Inspires Beauty community, where we connect each week to share our goals, dreams, and aspirations every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Here it is, our very first sponsor of the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, and I'm so excited because it feels so in alignment with exactly what I'm trying to provide here on this podcast, and that's real tools and real strategies to help you increase your revenue, automate, and systematize your business like never before. Lost Genius is literally the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue, enhance the client experience inside your salon or spa. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Lost Genius not only empowers you to run your full salon in a stylish and smart way, but also feel supported in every step of the way. For a limited time, they're offering listeners 50% off for the first two months if you go to the link in the bio and enter the promo code. So that promo code is BEINSPIRED22. That's B-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D-22. All this will be in the link in the show notes. If you guys haven't tried Gloss Genius yet, I highly recommend them. Tell them Jess sent you. Punch in the promo code for 50% off two months for new users only. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Bergio, and my favorite opening line, I'm so excited because I have been waiting actually a while to connect with today's guest, and she is a master of a lot. And I know they say you can't be a master of a lot of things, but that's a lie because I found out it's true. You actually can be. Uh, This mother of four, yes, you heard me right, four, so clearly we know she's an overachiever. But, you know, there are just certain people that can get shit done, and I admire them, and I am trying to stay as close to people who are doing amazing things as possible. That is why I'm bringing her on the podcast today. This woman, I will, before I tell you her name, because I know a lot of you probably know who she is, she is a hair educator, a social media coach, she is the CEO of her group, Rebel Femme. She has her own podcast, the Airbnb podcast, with over 160 subscribers on YouTube. Hello. And then over 400, yeah, you heard me right, 400,000 on TikTok. So I think she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. So today's guest, Marella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited about today. (laughs) You are excited. I am excited because this is episode, I don't know, 130 something. And I have been working so hard to grow this podcast and to kind of create some momentum with it. And I know I'm behind the time with jumping on, you know, the bandwagon for TikTok and YouTube and a lot of other platforms, but I'm, I'm always old. I'm always, I'm always late to the game with stuff, but I also want to be a permission slip for people who are also feeling like they're late to the game. And you and I, before we hit record, we're talking about, you know, the ways that we can repurpose content and we can do the things. And you really are showcasing that you can do a lot of the things and do them well. So can you kind of give us a backstory, A, how you got into the industry? Because I always like to give people the like beginning version of it, not the like after like what seemingly looks like it's on the viral side of killing it. Um, and walk us through, you know, the, the journey to getting here. Yeah, for sure. So, um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're even starting there because I think that a lot of people see somebody like me and there's people that have a lot more followers than I do. Um, and they see these big numbers and they get kind of like overwhelmed with like, Oh, you, you know, you just kind of like overnight success got there. You know what I mean? And, 
And what they don't see is all of the hard work and years and years and years of what I've done to get where I'm at today. Um, I love, you know, uh, what's that quote? It's uh, the day you plant the seed is not the day that you eat the fruit. I love that quote. I actually spoke about it on my own podcast and, you know, overnight success took me 10 years. I say that all the time. And um, so kind of like where I started, um, honestly, I got into this hair industry completely by accident. Um, I had no intention of becoming a hairstylist. It was supposed to be, you know, something that I did after school in high school. I was up through an ROP program to go hang out with my friends. And I ended up really falling in love with it. Went to college for two years, totally hated college. And I just really loved the industry. Honestly, I just loved everything about it. And I knew from day one, I wanted to go into education. And I really admired those that I saw on stage and, and all of that. So that was always my drive or my goal to get, by the time I was 40, that was my goal at that time. I was like, by the time I'm 40, I want to be a salon owner and I want to be a full-time hair educator. And I feel like I've achieved that and so much more because social media was not a thing in back in the day. So, um, it's definitely provided me with a lot of opportunities, but, um, you know, uh, as far as just kind of, yeah, getting started in social media, you know, honestly, I look at everything that I do as a game, like a video game, uh, to me, when I get like a follower or a comment or a like, it's, it's like collecting coins. And I use that analogy a lot because, um, I love video games. <laughs> it's something that I don't do anymore, but, uh, you know, it's just, that's a little competitiveness inside me. And that's just kind of how I've always viewed it. And so when I lose, you know, I look at it as, okay, I need to re-strategize on how I can be better. Wow. And, um, that's all, that's just kind of like, I, 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 and I use a video game as an analogy too, because I don't want to take it so seriously. You know, um, I think a lot of people get very hung up on, the follower count and the like count and the comments and, and all those things. But at the end of the day, you know, those things don't necessarily, you know, sell your products and they don't pay the bills, right? They're just kind of like the added cherry on top to your brand and, and who you are. And I, I think um, with the birth of TikTok, you know, we've seen um, a lot of people just being able to be themselves and um, that's where this whole shift has come in with reels and all of that. But, you know, um, overall, you know, um, how I got started in the industry, um, totally by accident. That's my short answer. I, I could bore you all day. I've been in this industry for a long time. I'm in my forties now, like I mentioned. So yes, <laughs> so we share, we share that I'm in my forties <laughs> too. And I started by accident too. I got invited by a friend and in, in, I think we were in 11th grade to sign up for the ROP program. Yeah. And same thing. Like I thought, Oh, I'll do this until I figure out what I really want to do. Um, education had always been interesting to me, but I was like, well, I definitely know how much teachers get paid. And that doesn't, I'm, I'm not trying to be a college professor because I don't want to go to school for that long, but same, yeah. I fell in love with education. And, you know, there comes a point where you're new in the industry. So you're like, when do I know enough to become an educator? And I think the cool thing about social media is like, you only have to have just learned something to be able to turn around and show it as a form of teaching, right? Now we literally like somebody reads something, they share it. They're now an influencer or a teacher, if you want to call them or a coach or a mentor or something. Yeah. And I do think the word coach and mentor has gotten a little off kilter with what 
like what, what, what are the requirements for using those terms? It's like kind of people put a lot of emphasis on it. I've seen other coaches be like, you're not a coach if you haven't done X, Y, Z, or if you didn't. And I'm like, Hey, it's social, social media days. We can call ourselves whatever the fuck we want. Like you 100%. literally, and what's an influencer? What are the requirements of that? I told you, I love this pen. You should go buy it. Like, I mean, what does yeah. it not qualify me? Cause I only used it once. Like it's, <laughs> it's so funny. The, the, the unknown fake rules that are floating around. So when you were going from behind the chair and you you knew education was the thing you wanted to do and you had the goal of one day salon ownership between starting out and building your clientele, what type of a salon did you work in? Um, did you have great mentors in there? What examples did you see that like allowed for you to see what was possible? So the very first place I ever worked at was at a barber shop, and it was simply because I was deathly afraid of cutting men's hair. Oh. So there were two things that I absolutely would, I would break out in hives and like have a major anxiety attack. And that was barbering and upstyling, which ironically I teach upstyling today. And I also created, um, the very first upstyling campaign for Kenra professional when I was employed with them and a bunch of them after that as well. So, um, I just kind of looked at it as, okay, I got my license and I want to figure out what it is I want to do now. Like, what do I, what's the focus that I'm trying to do? So I thought, let me go into this barbering thing and let me see what it's all about, if I even like it. And I found this sh little shop in East LA. Um, I lived with my grandmother at the time. So um, I found this little shop, you know, that these men would come in practically every week to get haircuts. And, uh, I, this lady owned the shop and she ended up becoming my mentor. She showed me how to do triple zero fades. She, you know, um, fixed a lot of haircuts for me. Um, the benefit for me at that time was that I was 18 young and with a bang and body. So the men would come in and get really messed up haircuts and they just didn't care. <laughs> I don't so, want that. You never get to hear the feminism on the other side. You're like, listen, <laughs> hey, it worked for me and uh, YOLO. So <laughs> yeah, um, probably my favorite story from all of that is um, I was cutting this gentleman's hair. He was very good looking um, and he wanted a triple zero fade and I dropped my clippers and in the middle of the haircut. So then I picked it up and, you know, not knowing blades get shifted when they drop on the floor. So I proceeded to cut his hair. And the next day he came in with all these cuts all over his head. And he goes, I wanted to come in here to show you like what you did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can I give you a refund? Can I give you a free haircut next time? Like, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm so sorry that that happened. And his response to me was, that's okay. I just want you to go out on a date with me. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> is he your baby daddy now or not? No, he is not. <laughs> that probably would have been a cool story. Uh, I always go too far. No, that's awesome. Oh my God. I, yeah. I, I used to have this one client. I still have him actually. It's been 20 years. He's been my client and he still makes me get sweaty when he walks in. Um, we just, those are memorable ones, right? You can have some client one time and you're like, yep, never going to forget that person, girl or guy. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, what a great story. 
Okay, so you got your barbering under your belt. You're 19 years old. You worked through the barbershop. You had a great mentor with learning all of that and kind of seen probably how she ran the shop over there and how she managed people and was able to mentor you. Where did that take you from that point? Because, I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot more going between there now and 400,000 fucking subscribers on TikTok. <laughs> so uh, from there, I decided to you know, jump ship, go into color. Cause that's where I was most, most comfortable, but I felt really confident now in haircuts because right. if I can cut men's hair, I can, I felt like I couldn't cut anyone's hair at that point. Um, so, and which men are like the most pickiest clients. I don't, you can't tell me otherwise, but yeah, triple zero fade haircut men. Mm -mm. Okay. So anyway, fast forward, I went to another shop and I found another, uh, stylist salon owner that was willing to train me in color. Um, and then one of the biggest advices for, um, from my dad, um, was cause I was going to college kind of like in this intermit of like 18 to 20. And I was struggling with balancing my time of going to college and really wanting to be in the hair salon. And so my dad was just kind of like, Hey, you know, I I'm noticing you're not going to school as much as going to work. And, um, and you're like always working. And he's like, what is it that you really want to do? And I'm like, I really love doing hair. Like that's, I just really love it. And he says, well, like, what are you going to do with school? Like, what's your goals? Like, what's your plan? Like, you know, and I said, honestly, I have no idea. Like I, I love math and I don't want to be a math teacher. Like that's, I just don't know what I'm going to do with math, you know, um, maybe engineering. I really don't know. So I just know I love doing hair. And he said to me, and I'll never forget this, but he was like, don't tell your mom I'm telling you this. He was like, but if you really love doing hair, you should not go to college and focus all of your time and all of your resources in hair. Go to every single class, learn every single thing you can learn about hair and business in hair and be the best at it. Because when you're the best at something, the money will come. And so I took that advice and I, yeah, the next week I dropped out of, out of college. I didn't finish, not even my associate's degree. Cause I was like, what's the point? And I started going to every single Maylie's class. I went to Maylie's is now salon centric. So uh, Maylie's was like the OG salon distributor. <laughs> for for those youngins that are tuned in, I remember Maylie's. So Maylie's, um, I went to, uh, Redken was kind of like up and coming with their education in the late 90s and early 2000s. So um, I went to every single Redken class that I could go to. Anything that was free or paid, every hair show, you name it, I was there every single Sunday or Monday. I was doing some kind of education. And I really kind of gravitated towards the Redken education. I felt like it was very elevated for what I wanted to do. And one of the things that I would do is hang out after class, help the, the educators clean up. And I would always ask like, hey, you know, where do you work? What do you do? How do I get to be work in your shoes? Like what, you know, have any advice for a young stylist? And that's how, how I started networking, honestly. Um, I am so sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I have it on a do not disturb. I don't know why I went through like that. <laughs> um, real life. Real life. So um, 
so yeah, that's how I started networking. And I, like I said, I was working at this other hair salon, um, learning how to apply my color skills, learning styling, which was huge. I donated a lot of my time to work um, with session stylists. So at photo shoots, I would work for free just so I can gain that experience and any type of knowledge. And, and I quickly learned that session styling and real salon hairstyling are completely two different things. Um, so yeah, I just, I really focused on networking and just kind of honing in on my skills because like I said, I always knew I wanted to do education. I was even a hair model. I was hair model for a lot of Redkin shows <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. So I just really saturated myself in that. That's, That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, and I love that you're sharing those bits and pieces, because again, I feel like there's those gaps are missed where people feel like they don't have to put those extra time in. And I talk all the time about getting in rooms that I can't even afford to be in by way of saying, Hey, I'll come hang and clean up. I'll set up with you. What can I do to help? Like just putting yourself in that circle of people to hopefully, you know, either be invited to be a part of it or somehow get an opportunity to work with that group or do something. But you know, you, you create the opportunities by a showing up, obviously you paid money to get there or you spent money to get there. And just by, you know, offering the help, that's, it's so much more than what I think people are just always waiting for an open and ended invitation of some sort, which those don't come like at these days, these day and age, you have to ask to be invited almost. And I think, you know, it's the, the loudest one gets seen and heard and, and it's noisy yeah. out there right now, especially in this world of education and coaching and even the onstage type of stuff, there's the talent is not for, like, there is plenty of talent to go around. And so how did you start to develop your own way of standing out? Once you had the opportunity to start working for Redkin and doing the things that you were doing, like, how did you start to set yourself apart to now have the brand and business that you do have now? Yeah. So there's a little piece in there where, um, I took a kind of a, a huge break. Um, cause you know, I was almost 21 fell in love got married and I moved to Alaska. Um, and then after living in Alaska, there's nothing going on in Alaska. So I, I did like $10 military base haircuts in Alaska. So that's kind of like the boring part of my life. Um, and then we, my husband was in the military. So then we moved to back to California. Um, it's halfway between, um, Las Vegas and LA. So Barstow, there's mm -hmm. a Fort Irwin's out there. I don't really like to talk about that either. I hate, I hated Barstow. Okay. Um, so wait, your life wasn't totally glamorous. You didn't just graduate school, get this amazing job and then travel no. the country and the world getting paid to be a superstar on. Uh, okay, cool. Good to know you're normal. You're human. And you had some parts <laughs> of your life that were not your favorite. So awesome. Yeah. You're real. Awesome. Okay. We're just keeping up, just making sure everyone's like keeping tally of the fact that like you're a real human. Yeah. So I, I, I just kind of took a, a break because like I said, I, I, I had this really great momentum with, you know, my, my relationship with the Redken educators and doing all these things. But I, when I, when I decided to get married and my husband was living in Alaska, you know, in a perfect world, financially, I should have stayed in California. He should have just finished out his year in Alaska and then we could have just regrouped later, you know, cause military men are gone all the time. So there was really no point in me moving to Alaska other than the fact that I thought to myself, well, I'm 20 years old and when else can I ever say that I lived in Alaska? And honestly, it was the, one of the most greatest experiences just between seeing wildlife and experiencing, you know, the long days and long nights. Um, so I don't regret it whatsoever. 
but that's kind of where I was at in my life where I was just like, what, you know, what's holding me back? I don't have any kids. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. So there was like this little pause in my life, um, with my hair career, but once we got out of the military, I did have a little baby. Um, he was only eight months old by the time we got out of the military and I kind of needed to get acclimated to civilian life, which is very difficult for those that have been in the military and then got out. It's actually really difficult to transition from getting everything paid for you, everything from housing, medical care and everything to literally you just have to figure out life on your own. It's, it's really difficult and especially a young family. So I didn't have a clientele. I knew I wanted to still plant my feet in Southern California because that's where I'm from. And I decided to live close to an, a friend of mine that was willing to watch my baby for me. And I found this company called Ulta. And this was in 2005. So Ulta was completely new. I knew, I never knew anything about Ulta. I'd never heard of it. I think there was like a handful of locations out here. And they were uh, looking for managers and I became a salon manager at the Huntington beach location when it was brand new. And I ended up working at Ulta between 2005 to 2009. I don't remember. No, I'm sorry. 2014. What did I said 2009, 2005 to 2014. I worked wow. there nine years. That's where I got the nine from. So I worked there nine years, but I opened up the Huntington beach location as a salon manager. I opened up the Tustin location and the Lake Forest location and also helped with the Newport Beach and the Rancho Santa Margarita location. So um, basically my role kind of evolved from not only a salon manager, but also training other managers in operations. Um, and then the Lake Forest location, which is really close to me now today, ended up being the West Coast corporate offices. So I got to um, really partner with corporate members um, in training operations. So that's kind of where my education, a little hat started really was in that at, at Ulta. And I decided that I had two boys at this time and they were little older children. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to like dive back in now into what I really wanted to do, which was become a full-time educator. So I picked three brands that I really, really loved and tried to get in on a position as an educator. So keep in mind at this point, Instagram was like barely new in 2013. I think that's kind of when I started it, but honestly it was just for fun. I, I still have my very first picture I ever posted on it. If you scroll all the way down, it's a picture of a little updo. And I remember I got like 20 likes and I was so excited. I was like, this is so fun, like to show your work, you know? Um, so I picked Kenra to apply to, I tried to apply to Redkin cause it was very well-versed. I even was Redkin certified. I felt like really knowledgeable in Redkin. I was like, there's no reason why Redkin wouldn't hire me. Cause I'm like, I know everything about it. So I applied there and, um, I forget the other brand that I had applied for, but I remember I had picked three brands. I think it was sexy hair. I don't, I think that's what it was. And I did not get a call back from, from any of them from any of them. And I, I spent so much time on this, like banging resume. And I was like, you know, I even, I even took pictures. I did this, um, makeshift photo shoot with these fairy models. And I did like all of this stuff just so I could have like a portfolio to show of the work that I did. And I did not get a call back. 
And I kid you not, I applied three times to each of those brands. And I was told on the third time that I applied for Kenra that they were looking for a real colorist and that I was uh, not a like a real colorist because I worked at Ulta. <laughs> and I really had to like fight for my like just chance to interview with somebody. And so I sent up a follow-up email and I finally got a call back. Like it was just kind of like, I think just by accident, but they were like, let's just humor this girl and see what happens. Well, it turns out they loved me on the third application. And it was a, probably a six month process of, of interviewing with all of these corporate people. And I ended up doing a technical interview with the creative director or the, I forget what his, his title was, but basically he was a director of the education team, probably education director. Um, his name's Rob Dubray. He actually helped create and develop the color line for Kenra professional. Wow. So this is like a big deal person that's, you know, judging my technical interview and I'll never forget it. We were at a Cosmoprof and I did this hair color and highlight. And then I waited like a whole two weeks and I was like, oh my God, I didn't get this job. I was like, don't think I got it. And then finally I got a follow-up email like, yes, we want to hire you. It's full time. It's twice the amount of money that you're making at Ulta, but you got to be on a plane every week. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I took the job and um, I, I worked there for four years and it provided me so many opportunities um, ones that I still have today because I still work with Kenra, um, but as a content creator and influencer, but I worked there for four years, just traveling around. I created um, color collections. I was given opportunities to create the updo collection, um, uh, pictures that you saw on Ulta shelves. Even today, if you walk into an Ulta, there's pictures there that I did the models. So lots, like I said, lots of opportunities to do amazing things with this brand and that's ultimately like what kind of like catapulted my educator position was working with Kenner. I gained a lot of experience um, and experience that I think a lot of um, young influencers today don't necessarily get because I come from a corporate side of education and I know what brands are really looking for when they're working with these influencers. So that was just like, again, like a really huge opportunity. I got to work, you know, with um, Bravo TV doing that Katie Maloney wedding um, for Vanderpump Rules. That was an opportunity that was really cool. Uh, working, you know, with beyond behind the chair, uh, working with Modern Salon and just really networking, honestly. It's just constantly having opportunity after opportunity. Well, so. by way of you creating that opportunity, because that's, I mean, as I'm hearing your story, like you saying yes to a traveling job when you have two kids at home and a family, like I'm, I'm replaying when, um, you know, a company offered me that same similar position. And I, I was too scared to be gone that often. They were like, yeah, that's great. We want to hire you. It's about 80% 
uh, a week travel. And I was like, I, what does that mean? There's seven days in the week. How many days they're yeah. gone? She's like, you're home for about two and a half days a week. Cause there's travel in between the day to set up the day for the class. And I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm a homebody. I can't do that. I have a small kid at home. Like it was, and I look back and I knew that that was a pivotal moment in like committing to what your greater vision was to be an educator. So, okay. So that is what a great story. I love all of that, but yes, you have had the corporate side. You have had the experience with you know, operations and all of that kind of stuff, which is, I think probably played tenfold as you structured your business moving forward now and created a, a brand. And now as a salon owner too, right? Would you say you would attribute a lot of what you learned through that with now how you run your salon? Oh, 100%. So uh, having the experience working at Ulta, uh, learning the, the business side to salons, um, that was a huge uh, you know, uh, what do I want to say? Ah, lost my words. Like a realization um, of what it takes to run a business. Absolutely. Yes. Because I was able to really, they're, they're very big on numbers. Um, I'm not sure about today how it works, but I know back then we were, um, very involved in the payroll process. So I got to see exactly what the cost and spend was on our supply. I got to see, um, what like payroll cost looked like, what overhead looked like, um, and just managing a team, honestly, managing people is, is a very unique, <laughs> takes a, a unique person to do. That's deal a good with. word. Yeah. Not, um, every, not everybody's meant to manage people. And I think, unfortunately, that's what people find out when they open their own salon, um, hoping that they're going to have other people that work for them. It's you go, the, the roles shift completely, you know, to, to managing people. And even if you have a booth rental salon, you're still managing what goes on inside your space. And there's, wouldn't you say a distinct difference between a manager and like a leader? I think you have to, you can be a leader and a manager, I believe. But I think if there's a, a manager in the role, of managing of the people often it's better for it to not be the owner of the salon or someone who's in there because different things need to be taken care of at different times so when did you finally decide you wanted to open your own salon well that's always been a goal of mine honestly um but i knew that i wanted to open up a salon once i got pregnant with my third child and actually a little bit before that because i knew i wanted a third child she, oh, she hadn't been created yet. So it was just like, you know what? I need to be able to plant my feet. Cause if I'm going to have a baby, I can't travel all the time. So while I worked at Kenra, um, this is kind of like a little insightful too, I think for a lot of people looking to do what I do and maybe they have a job. Um, but even though I traveled four days out of the week and then I was one day home every single day after I was done with work, I would create content for my Instagram account. Um, I kind of didn't know what was to come of Instagram, but I kept educating through that because that's how I was able to close sales for Kenra Color by showing what Kenra Color can do on social media. And so the brand really quickly realized like, hey, there's this thing that, you know, social media can provide. And, and sometimes people, I would look up the hashtag Kenra Color and I would find people in my area that were buying Kenra Color and I would just pay them a visit or send them a message and be like, hey, notice you're using Kenra Color. I would love to come and give you a class. And that's how we were able to convert a lot of sales in uh, while I was working there. So like I said, the brand really kind of recognized like I had something here. And so I developed this like 
social media education program within the company, showing other educators how to leverage it. Um, but while I was doing that after work, again, I was working on my social media just more for myself. I also built my website. I learned how to use WordPress. I was starting to learn how to use YouTube a little bit, even though I hadn't used it fully until later. Um, and just, you know, learning how to use Facebook groups. I mean, anything that I could spend my time at nighttime learning, I, I did it. And, and like I said, making content. So I was doing all of these little baby steps before I even left Kenra. And, um, so 2017 is when I decided to just make the plunge and I signed a lease for the space that I'm in now. And, uh, it took us a whole year to get in. So I, I was working at Kenra trying to get this place off the ground. We had a lot of city issues. That's like a whole nother thing of salon ownership when you mm -hmm. sign a lease. Um, and in the middle of all of that, I ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> so it was just a year too early. Um, but by the time I was able to open up my doors, which was January of 2018, I had my daughter in February, a month later. So I was like eight months pregnant, opening up a hair salon. And my husband was like freaking the heck out. Like, how are we going to do this when you have this newborn in a brand new salon and two people working on your team? <laughs> and, and, and if you went from Kenra to opening a salon, did you have a clientele when you opened? Did you have your own book of clientele for no, no. So the main reason why I wanted to open the salon was because I was using my dining room area as my content creation space. And I was doing people's hair in my kitchen sink. And I'm like, I don't want to be a kitchen beautician. Like, that's not what I signed up for. I need a media space. And I'm not looking to build a clientele for myself. I still want to do education full time. So how can I do this? So I decided that I needed to find a space that had the media room, which I'm in now, but the salon was going to exist in order to pay the bills. So my long-term goal was to create a, a system and team that was able to just kind of run on autopilot. So that way I can exist in here and make the content that I wanted to make. I love that. Wow. So that's really why it, the salon exists. It's not necessarily because I wanted to manage it. I just wanted to have someone else manage it for me. And also to be in the energy of what you're doing. So you're creating, yet you walk out into the floor and there's other girls creating and you're around the things that you're doing. And do the other girls in the salon use the space for content as well? Do they come in and do stuff in your space as well? Um, sometimes, but I find they find that or I, we all find that they're out in their own space for the most part, because they're creating content with their actual clients. Um, so we have the, you know, those phone tripods they are everywhere in our salon. Um, I think everybody makes content in here, but, uh, right now I have, uh, Lisa Giles who, um, she's has about a hundred thousand subscribers on TikTok, and she makes all kinds of content. She actually moved from Delaware to work with me. Wow. So I could teach her how to leverage social media and really create these brand deals. And she was kind of like the inspiration behind my Beyond the Chair Mastermind group. So, um, you know, I was like, you know, if I can coach her and teach her how to and mentor her, mentor her into 
what she's doing today, I can help anybody. Mm. And I know there's lots of people that would like to be able to monetize and they just don't know how. They don't know how to make the viral content or they don't know how to use each of the social media platforms. Because the reality is, is they are all different, but you can all use all of the same content and just repurpose it. You just need to know how to use each of these social media platforms. So tell us more about your behind the chair um, mastermind and what that looks like for people who are finally like, oh my God, I'm so excited. You, you do, you're doing the thing that I need. Um, I want to be able to expand on these platforms. I want to start more of an education. Like I had no idea how to be omnipresent and be on all of these channels. It's so overwhelming. So, you know, there's so many people that teach different things in, in our industry right now. There's, there's, you know, you find your niche, there's social media, there's really specific things, but doing what you do, I think you're doing it one of the best out of the, the people that I watch closely. So what does the mastermind look like and how, how is it run and how can people learn more about it? Yeah. So the mastermind beyond the chair mastermind is brand new. I just launched it in July or not July, June. <laughs> I just finished up my second session, but it's basically a group coaching session for hairstylists that would like to learn more about how to leverage social media, how to monetize, how to create brand deals and build relationships. Um, and overall just become a content creator. Like that's where they want to make the bulk of their money because the reality is, is that social media has drastically changed my life, um, financially and just giving me work more work-life balance. Like I literally get to decide every single day what time I wake up, what I'm working on, you know, if I want to post on YouTube or what, you know, I get to decide the projects that I'm working on. And um, like I said, it's just creating the courses that I, I make. And it's just, like I said, changed my life so much that I, I know there's room really for everybody because, you know, just like there's enough hair and skin to go around. I feel like there's enough, uh, you know, education that people can share because we are all unique in how we deliver the content Yes, and we can all like I might show highlighting in a different way than you would show highlighting right um, I might teach social media completely different than you would teach social media so we're, we're all going to offer different insight to how to use these free tools that are available to us totally um, so the group coaching sessions overall um, they're they only happen once a month but I create workbooks and worksheets for my students. Um, they log into a live Zoom where they're able to ask me questions live. Um, most of the sessions are about an hour to an hour and a half long. And I also have some like free bonus content in there for them as well. Some discount codes that they can apply to like their favorite tools like Fremar and things like that. But overall, what they're going to get in there is the back end to how to use social media for their business. And I basically, you know, tell everybody, this is not overnight success. This is not, Hey, I'm going to give you this information. It's going to happen like that. You have to put in the work and in order for you to grow, you need to join the sessions and be present and ask me these questions. So that way you can get that feedback because everybody's at, going to be at a different level right? Um, in their social media, you know, journey, journey. Yes. Oh my God. So if you were listening to this episode and you're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for somebody to help me to pull back the curtain and show me how to monetize social media, how to, what is the point of even showing up? Because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are still behind the chair or they're salon owners or maybe med spa owners, or a lot of 
solo entrepreneurs even who need to be able to use social media to grow and to acquire new clients and to create brand awareness and to just kind of grow into whatever it is that they're doing to create new opportunities. And I think you showcase how you can just take education. Like you don't even grind behind the chair 10 hours a day doing 10 clients double booking. Like you're showing us that there is a different way and you can still be in your purpose doing what you love, which is you're passionate, you love hair. Um, and you're just bringing that education to people now through way of these free platforms. Um, I want to join. This sounds so awesome. I because <laughs> I am such a fan of saying I don't know what I don't know. And if someone's taking the time to grow their their YouTube and their TikTok to the level that you have, and even your social media, like I, I, there's always room to learn. And it reminds me of like going to a haircutting class, like back in the day. And there'd always be that girl in the back room that's like, you know, she just looks like oh, she yeah. knows everything. Like I used to be her. I was like, oh, what am I? Another long layer haircut, you know. And then I started making it a game too. And I love that in the beginning of the podcast, you talked about gaming. And I've watched a lot of high level people say you have to have some sense of gamification around your business in order for it to be fun, engaging and for you to have some sort of competitiveness even with yourself around numbers and metrics and like how do you pay attention to things right because if it's not fun or not fun like it's not going to have a lot of meaning you know you'll make a bunch of money yeah. and then you're like well was that really the whole point was just to make money or was it to have fun while you were doing is it to grow your reach like what is the reason why you're doing the things you're doing so i think having some sense of intention and purpose behind why you want to grow on social media is it just because yes. you want to be an influencer or is it because you want to grow impact and help other people, you know, learn different skills that you know you have. So I think that's probably a fun place to come and explore with you. Um, and even if people aren't sure, like I work with a lot of early stage entrepreneurs who are still in like the ideation phase, but know that they need to use these platforms. So mm -hmm. would you allow people who are not even in the beauty industry to be a part of this too? Um, I mean, how I speak to everything is more for the hairstylist or the salon owner. Um, but honestly, what I'm sharing in it is can, I think anybody can get something from it. Totally. Any business really, because, um, all the things that I talk about in beyond the chair mastermind are all of the things that I apply even for my salon business. Cause rebel femme is its own entity. And, uh, right now we're on our way to monetizing and, um, my goal, long-term goal with rebel femme is to even have brand deals through rebel femme. So, uh, you know, they're again, two, like having a, a team that, that is really dedicated to social media and growing it, um, is really, really important to me. And I think that, you know, I run a commission salon, um, or an employee based salon, um, and I say employee based versus commission because it's a little different here in California, but mm -hmm. it's employee based here um, versus booth rent. And um, I think that the employee based salons a lot of times are dying. And I think it's because salon owners are not taking advantage of the free resources and tools that they're are out there on and it's social media. We we book probably about 90% of our clientele comes from Instagram or TikTok. Wow. So yeah. And it's not so much that it's just from our Rebel Femme Instagram page. It's the fact that we make content that's also repurposed on the stylist pages as well. And we're all connected. And you know, someone might go on another stylist page and then they stumble on somebody else's and then they land on our salon and they book through that. So it's, it's highly converting. We have a lot of website traffic. Um, my salon also has a podcast as well. So 
we really try to uh, and an online store so we try to really just take advantage again of all of the tools that are available to us and use it for free marketing i mean i that was a jumbled up sales page that she literally just verbally told you about. And I love every single second because there are so many legs to like things that people aren't doing in their business. It's like, okay, I own a salon. I have a brand. I teach a course, but you're telling, I mean, there's like six levels to every single one of those things that you have going on. Like the salon has a team, the salon has a podcast, the salon is working on brand deals. The salon is this, this, and this. And then you've got yourself like growing your business, your brand, but you're an influencer to your salon and to all those other legs of your business. If you're not the epitome of like what building a personal brand looks like, I don't know what is. And that's exactly why I created something called Beauty Insiders. Um, it's a, it's a really low ticket membership, just really introducing people to the importance of growing a personal brand so that they can create awareness and start to grow other legs of their business like you have because I find you know 20 years ago when I started you weren't taught how to grow a personal brand again there was no social media so everything was word of mouth back then but you know now and since 2011 when I think I've got my first Instagram account it's it wasn't you can't just post your sandwich anymore and, and get any traffic like you got you got to have good content out there and you got to have a purpose behind why you're putting the content out there and I think it sounds like your your mastermind allows people to figure out ways to really a repurpose content, which is amazing, but also to how to like add on to what they're already doing, which is what really we really need to do. It's not do more. It's like, what can you do more of with what you already have exactly. um, and double down on what is working in your business and what it is that you do love doing in this industry um, and create like opportunities for yourself. So um, I know you have a huge audience and I, I know you have a lot of programs and things that they could get into, but can you share what, what really growing your personal brand has done? Because I, I, I kind of need some street cred if you wouldn't mind for people understanding why, like, you know, they would want to learn more about personal branding if they've never even started like being a part of any programs or have d dived into anything. Yeah. So I think branding, that's actually something I don't teach, but, and I, I love that you offer that because I think branding is very important because it's how I define it is it's the feeling that you offer and give on your page immediately. And it's what makes you, you. And I, I speak a lot about that um, because, you know, I think everyone wants to create this like perfectly curated space on social media. And right now we're in the uh, age of authenticity and it's like almost like the perfect time to build a brand because you can really define who you are, your why, you know? Um, Cause if you're coming into this because you just want to be an influencer, I feel like that's just kind of like the wrong angle, right? You want to have a passion behind what you do. And it's just really defining what that is. Um, but I think branding is a huge core, that's something that's recognizable to people. And like I said, they have that feeling that they want to work with you. They want to buy from you um, and, or want to book with you, whatever that looks like. hundred percent. I would be honored. I would love if once we get this going, we have guest experts that come and speak every single month inside the group. If you would come and speak to the group and just share, like, I'm sure they have access to the podcast, but also just so they can ask you any questions of how you grew your brand once you kind of went out on your own. Um, because sometimes, sometimes there's things that people like you do that you don't even realize you do really well. And I think if, you know, people can see that from the outside, but you do this, is this part of like your strategy? And you're like, Oh, I didn't even realize I did that. You're like, like, do I do that? Yeah. And it's, it contributes to like exactly what you said. It's what makes you unique and you, 
but often like when when someone sees that in someone else they're like oh i see it in you because i i i see it in myself too and mm -hmm. so i'd love to invite you to be one of our masterclass speakers yeah. in there i think that would be so fun absolutely oh my god <laughs> thank you for like pulling back the curtain and telling us like all of the real real stuff and really how hard you've worked to get where you are i have to give you so so much credit and like I know it's not been an easy journey and it's been such a rad journey. It sounds like that you've got to try your hand in so many things. And I think that's one of the other things that I, I was kind of, I put, I put myself in a box looking back. Nobody put me there. I put myself in the box of like build the clientele, stay behind the chair. You can't leave. You're locked in. You can never move. You can never do anything else. Um, yeah. And now it's like, I'm rediscovering like things that light me up that I'm passionate about, just like you said. And that's now turning around and coaching and teaching and figuring out ways to make other people have a better experience in this industry and to be able to really diversify how they make money. Cause it doesn't just have to be go in, do the haircut, make the money, leave. Like it can be so much yeah. more. And you are like such an amazing example of all that is possible. So you guys, if you love this episode, please go get in her dms tell her how awesome she is but even better screenshot this podcast and share it on social media tag both of us so that we can tell you thank you personally if you have any questions obviously my dms always open i'm sure yours is too um and i would i hey if anybody wants to come in and do the mastermind with me i want to learn all the things that she has to teach <laughs> because i know i don't know i don't know all the things and um i want to i want to be able to get up here one day and say i have you know 120 thousand subscribers on my youtube channel that i'm going to restart here pretty soon so get yourself some help get around people doing the things you want to be doing sending you so much love thank you again for your time yes thank you for having me absolutely we will see you guys on the next one thank you so much for tuning in if you love this episode it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so i can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people so until next time be you unapologetically